you know, and it was, the way we're talking about standing apart from, learning to stand apart from the crowd, and you know, when we're talking in poetry, it's like, oh, you're page poets, performance poets, what the hell, you know, figure out where you're rooted, and if it's in the midst of that, pull it all in, you know? And so his influences and what he did with music, I knew he was thinking, this won't be done again. This will not be done again. Uh, you know, you hear this, and I'm always talking to my students about signature. Like at the end of the class, I say, okay, all of you are gonna give me a poem without your names on it, and I'm gonna know what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, because the whole class has been about establishing signature. There is no way in God's earth that I can hear Prince and not know it's Prince. Mm -hmm. It's just not gonna happen. You know, it could be just like a riff in the middle of something I don't recognize, and I go, Prince trying to disguise himself. He try to fool somebody. <laughs> With a little short, cute ass. <laughs> so I, I have a question. Uh, yes, John. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, He's like Mike Wallace all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, I have a. Uh, uh, I don't even know who Mike Wallace is. Uh, <laughs> who knows who Mike Wallace is? Oh my God! Nobody, not one person. <laughs> I know the name, Mike Wallace. You guys watch 60 Minutes? Oh, that dude. Oh, that Mike Wallace. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm educated. Um, <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, so I feel like the way in which that I I hear you talk about artists like Prince, or I hear you you know, I guess speak to moments that have this, you know, singular importance that seem as though they won't be like again and have not been before. It feels religious to me. Uh, and I know uh -huh. that, you know, obviously in your work, uh, religion is something that you write about. You have that poem because and should have been Jimmy Savannah and then that same congregation is reprised in the new book. I'm assuming, right? Because it's the same choir director. And Tony. And I, and Tony. Tony the sissy, they called him. Yeah. Tony the sissy. That's what they called him. Wow. I've heard so many theories about Tony in all the classrooms <laughs> in which I've taught that poem. But I, I guess, like, as someone who clearly takes a almost otherworldly sense of importance from specific moments, uh, I'm curious to just hear what your relationship is to the like idea of a higher power or religion or what has been your kind of like, I don't know, interaction with the physical world versus the, I feel like in some of your work, you're tapping into something that is not of the physical world. I mean, even just, not even just the choir director, but a lot of your poems deal with imagining alternate realities or like constructing things that I think a lot of people do when they think of religion is like construct yeah. worlds that aren't this, this world. And do you draw power from that? Or are you making your own religion? Um, little me, little Patricia, was dragged to church every Sunday. It was not a question. It was, there was something that was supposed to happen. We're gonna take you there until this thing happens. And the thing was that the Lord was supposed to enter my body. And every Sunday I would watch women lose their natural minds Okay, this is like, uh, you know, everything would be going right, and then I'd see somebody start to rumble, mm -hmm. you know, and then they would start to flail, and glasses would fly, and stockings would be ripped, and the, the ushers would have to come and calm them down. And the unspoken rule was that you will be legitimate in this church once this happens to you. So when I was probably about eight years old, I was like, oh, Lord, let me get this over with. <laughs> and I pretended. I was like watching my mother, like, <laughs> you know. And I pretended uh, to do this, and 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 then my mother was very happy. And then I got baptized a little bit after that, and you know. So it's something. It's like anything else. You learn. Oh, I do this. This happens. I do this. This happens. Okay, now I'm okay. I'm part. You know. I I have to say that. I am, I'm married to someone who does not believe in God. So we have these great discussions. And I'm not gonna say wholeheartedly without reservation that I do. 
you know? I mean, I, I was raised to, I don't think I ever got from it what my mother was hoping I would get from it. The idea that your whole life is lived with your eyes fixated on the motherland. You know, you live your life this way and this is your reward out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where's the rewards down here? And she was like, well, they're, you know, not really, you know, just. So I, I guess one of the things I had to come to terms with was uh, figuring out what religion meant to me. I don't see, I don't see a physical being as a god, but one of the, the, the um, discussions I had with my husband is, I pray, I pray, I like how it feels. I like how it feels, I like, and it's not like I'm praying and say, okay, whatever I'm praying for, I'm gonna get. I, it's not that, it's just the act of it. And I'm almost addicted, I'll stop in the middle of the day and pray. You know, uh, but I'm not visualizing this blonde, you know, wonderful blue eyes no. No. with those curls. <laughs> what, I, what do you want? <laughs> you know, I I don't see I don't see any I don't see a physical being. I just know that uh, when I do, when I finish, I'm in a different place than when I began. I, I'm in a different place. And, and so uh, there's a church, I, I was raised in this, this hellfire church uh, where you couldn't wear pants, you know, you just, it was a very, there were rules. The, yes. church. the church by my house now, it's like, it's integrated, you know, and, and the, the, one of the, the pastors are married, there's a black woman and a white man, and people come in there with their, their jeans and their gym shoes, and I'm like, oh, you know, I know my mother's like, I feel you going into that church, this is not, you know, and, but, and they sing and sing and sing and sing and sing and sing and sing. I love it. I love it. Sometimes it's just what I need. I hold a stranger's hand. I sing. I go back out into the world in a way that I wasn't when I came in. That's, and that's all I need. Yeah. Can I tell you that uh, one summer, two summers ago, <laughs> Aziza and I were both so, so in love that we like went and got uh, dinner together in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn, uh, and we both had grits and, and some sort of fish. I think it was like some kind of I'm, as I'm as confused as you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, we're, so we're in love, so we had yeah, grits. I'm like, oh, we're, 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 it, we're it, it, it behooves me to say we were in love with not each other, but not <laughs> the people. Yes. We're always in they love. They were like, oh, man, I It's about to go down now. <laughs> How in love were you? And and so after we had dinner, we, we like were outside this church, and so we went to the church, and, and it was locked, but we like stood outside and we just like prayed and laughed. Wow. And thought, like <laughs> we were like overcome because overcome, and I because I met the person I was in love with through Jose, and I was like, dude, because I was like, dude, I'm in love. Wild mix, and Jose was like, I'm in love. This is also wild. Yeah. I don't understand, and it it felt like. It, it was the perfect kind of alchemy, is what I hear when I hear you yeah. saying, like, you know, I go into these spaces for this alchemy of self, you know? Mm -hmm. like, and, and I had not really gone to love to feel alchemized, you know? Before I'd gone to love, it was like, oh, for real, you like me? Like, you know, it's like <laughs> kind of desperate, like, oh, shit, I should probably take advantage of this before it runs away, you know? There were a lot of going laughs at that. You know, it's just, but this was the first time I felt like, oh, word, I feel, I feel d different, you know, like, and, and I love hearing you say, like, you know, I'll, I'll hear the singing and I'll hold hands and, like, I think that's, like, what we felt that day was, like, I gotta take this and, and put it somewhere, like, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, where yeah. Else, what else to do, you know. I the church was locked and you were like, we're gonna praise anyhow. Yes. 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 We, we weren't outside. even mad. We were like, all right, be locked, be open. I don't know. We were like, oh, I, I see a cross. That's good enough. We're out here. <laughs> I see a cross. That's good enough. Yeah, you are <laughs> a holy establishment. <laughs> but um, so one of my mentors, uh, Bobby Francis. Shout out to Bobby Francis. Yes. That's I remember I went to Kalalu, um, in London, and I was like, Bobby was talking to the class, and she said like. You know, for any of y'all who are hobbyists, like, please, 
leave me alone, essentially. She was like, if you're doing this just for the kicks and giggles and whatever, like, get from me. Um, and, and she had a story about it. She was, like, judging this contest, and she had given the prize, like, the winning prize to this poem that she really loved, and the runner-up to this poet that she, whose work she knew, and she was like, okay, well, this is a great poem, solid poem. The woman who won it, that was the only poem she'd ever written, and when she talked to the woman, she's like, oh yeah, I'm kind of done with that. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna do this poem thing anymore, but that was a nice prize to win. And Vavi was like, I will never forgive myself for this. Like the person- She couldn't take it back at that point. No, she couldn't take it back. Wow. She was like, it's, it's a wrap, you won. And the shorty who came in second, like, Vavi was like, she could have really needed that. Like, felt that, that validation, that boost, that like, I see you-ness. And so Vavi looked at all of us, and it was like a class of 10, and she was like, if you're a hobbyist, don't, don't get into it with me. I'm not doing it with you, because this is as close to religion wow. as it gets to me. Ooh. This is as close Vibe as it gets. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I, like her too. You know, yeah. she was like, this is it. So if you're not with it, like, all right, but bounce, you know? And I wonder, like, Patricia, for you, like, does word, like, this work that we do, is it... Is it of that alchemy? Is it of that religion? Or is it something else? Or is it something with that? You know, when we were talking before about the, the people who come and they read their one poem because it's a poem that they really need to read at that moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so maybe they say, I've gotten what I need right. out of this. I'm, I don't really ever need to do it again, which is kind of different. Yeah. You know, um, because you, you need to make that space for people to have that moment. But the idea of I give those students like that. Yeah, I write a couple poems on my way too. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that I don't I don't say to them get away from me, but I can feel my my efforts withdrawing mm -hmm. a little bit. Like I don't really need to to spend the kind of time I want to with you because I know that this is just a stop on your you know mm -hmm. uh, you're entertaining yourself. Uh, there are people who need poetry or they won't go on the next day. People who need poetry to root themselves in the world to say, okay, this is how I'm going to move my, this is how I'm going to move through my life, you know, by my poetry or somebody else's, and it's really easy eventually to figure out who those people are, mm -hmm. and to invest in them, you know. The the interesting thing, uh, and I was thinking about Vibe and some other things, and uh, my students, yesterday I was in class and they said, uh, I've gone to this huge conference, this AWP. 15,000 writers, it's crazy. Uh, and I told them, I took class off, so they knew that I had gone, and they were asking me questions about it. And they said, oh, so if you don't go there, you can't win awards. Oh. Or if you can't go there, you can't win prizes. You wanna win prizes, right? Because that's such a, why do it if you're not gonna get anything out of mm -hmm. it? Anything that we recognize as being validation, you know? And uh, I said, no, I kinda don't go there prizes, and they said, well, you won prizes? And I go, guess what? I didn't try. I didn't, it wasn't like I was strategizing to say, oh, I, that's the one I want right there. Right. You know, and people like Vibe, you know, when I, when I talk about the community being so dense and so textured, those are the people that I, I can turn to her when I haven't seen her in a year, and start talking about writing, and there's not like we were just there yesterday yeah. mm -hmm. you know and that happens a lot um, but what most people see as step 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 achievement is not the same for everybody it's not the same for everybody the fact you know what the louder than the bomb we're talking about youth poets so I do ask myself a lot I get invited to these things and I go there needs to be another poet now. Why am I here? Because they're like 12, right? And, uh, <laughs> and I'm surrounded by all this youth. Um, <laughs> but, but the first time someone came up and said, you know, oh, that poem, but, and they start quoting lines, and they're like 20, and I'm not. And I go, they, there's something that they're looking for, and they're looking everywhere. And whatever, a little bit of what they needed, they found in those lines from the poem I wrote in like 1996. And that's it. That's it. Quote two lines. You know those lines, girl? Really? 
that takes me on for another year almost. You know, that's kind of all I need. The other stuff, it's nice, validation is nice, but you know, one of the other things I said today, you know, we're having a great conversation, and I said, you know, ask yourself a question every once in a while. If there were no books, if I wasn't getting published, if there were no stages, if no one heard me, would I still be writing? Mm. You know? And if your answer is yes, you're not writing for validation. You're writing to stay alive. You're writing to stay alive. And I think most of the people I'm drawn to again and again, I recognize that in them. I don't even have to ask. I don't have to ask. So the whole thing about, oh, I haven't been published in two years, you know. It's good to know that every once in a while you write something and you go, this is where I am rooted in the world. And maybe you put it in a kitchen drawer and maybe you pull it out two weeks later or two years later or 20 years later. And you, and you remember why you wrote it and why you felt good about being rooted there. And that's enough, you know? The, the rest of the stuff, it's like gravy and it's nice and you meet new people and every once in a while someone says, oh, here's some money. And you go, oh, just a poet. They say, here, take it anyway. <laughs> Those are my favorite conversations. That's your favorite conversation. Who are these people? Yeah. Uh, listen, all those people out there, just with loads of money to answer phones. Yeah. Please, run it. Uh, yeah, run it run this way. Run money. <laughs> uh, okay. So a as we kind of get to the get to the end of the interview. No. Uh, I don't I, honestly, I can stay day. here until midnight. This I don't. is excellent. I'm having a great time. Uh, in terms of the role as storyteller, I feel like I'd be remiss, or, or we'd be remiss to be like, you know, what's a story that from your last 20 years, say, uh, of your like interaction with the community as a poet, or just like a time in your life that was impactful. Like, what is a moment in your life in the last twenty years that was really important? And can you tell us the story? I know it's a broad question. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna need you to talk among yourselves for a second, if you're yeah. while I think about that, because twenty years is yeah. like, come on, John. Really? I know. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. great bulk of my existence. I can try my stand up. Yes, no, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay, oh, this I is forget. important. Yes. <laughs> so I was not even talking about this. Damn it. I'll do it. Okay, please. <laughs> Go ahead. I've been working on a stand-up routine. I am not a stand-up comic and have never done it, but I've only done this routine for Jose and Aziza. <laughs> and I fucking love it. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. It's really easy. I've been trying to just, it's like persona stand-up. I've been yes. writing as a baby. <laughs> like, uh, like, you ever notice how, like, sometimes you just wake up in the middle of the night and just start fucking screaming? <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even, like, know why? It's so weird. I don't know. It's similar to like every once in a while someone will hug me. Like, and I'll feel really good. Like, they'll just be hugging me, and then I'll just throw up on them. <laughs> and I like do not feel compelled to apologize. I'll just fucking do it, you know? Or sometimes somebody will be telling me a story, you know, and I'll be like listening and listening, and it won't even come to my mind. Like, it happens very, like, kind of succinctly. Like, I just shit my pants, and like, <laughs> I just know that somebody else is gonna take care of it. Like, I'm really, it's not even a story, I'm just like holding something in my hand, and just staring at it. You know what I mean? Has anybody else had this before? <laughs> yeah, 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 my friend from earlier. There he is, <laughs> that's our guy so. right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you got it? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, anyway, wait, let's give a round of applause. We got it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so the question is, do you think you could walk into a comedy club and do like 20 minutes and you think it'd be funny enough? Yeah, you think I could do they, it? They hesitated. They got out of that. Like, <laughs> no, it's funny. I'm here at Vassar, but it's not going to be funny at the comedy but it's definitely like comedians would be like, oh, he's not, you know, like a lifer. <laughs> you know, I'd win an award and they'd be really like, oh, we just gave it to the one guy who was his one stand-up company. You know, but maybe you would be would that guy. You would be that guy for them. You'd yeah. be that ephemeral, I'd accept an award amazing. from the Vibe Francis of stand-up. Exactly. And like they'd Louis be disappointed in me. Like Louis C.K. would see it and be like, you're going to be the next dude. And you'd yeah. be like, you know what, I'm just... Baby stand-up. Yeah. <laughs> Louis would be very, very disappointed. 
I liked some picture Louisa gave me like, damn, he had so much talent. <laughs> yeah. He wasted his time writing poetry. Been that baby, <laughs> those baby jokes. He chose to write poetry. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> no, I got it down to two, I think. Tell us both. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm here. I'm chilling. <laughs> One was, um, I have a son, and uh, my son used to follow me around with poetry readings and do things, and then he got uh, older, and he was not enamored of the life I was trying to build up for him, so he was rebellious, very rebellious. And he was eventually just a fuck-up, you know, and he was in jail for two years. So the interesting thing was, I had friends who were saying, oh, my son is uh, touring Europe with his jazz band and doing that. And they say, what is your son doing that for? Wow. Of course, now I don't believe they were touring Europe, but they, you know. But <laughs> I, I had to come to the point where I was not defined by my children. Uh, and I had to, um, had to realize uh, how fallible I was, how fallible he was, despite the image of perfection that I had, uh, how everything was going to go, and that I was this uh, person with this really good job and, and, and talent, supposedly, and all this stuff, and, and that people, are, when they meet you, they think that your life is absolutely fine, but then I found out everybody's family, everybody's family, dysfunctional. Something's going on. Everybody here has something that if they had to say it out loud, they wouldn't say it. Right? Okay. So that, that was a moment when I realized that I wasn't alone in that because I, I was very isolated for a long time. Oh, wow. Bless her. Okay. <laughs> no, it's like, this is really interesting. The second thing was when I came, I, I came up as a poet and uh, I worked my way into a job as a journalist. Uh, how did I do that? I was just writing. I was writing, I was having a good time. And the funny thing is people who do journalism, they go, you've discovered a new school. And I was just writing what I was writing, right? And uh, then I got elevated, and I got elevated some more. I got elevated some more. Uh, until, without any real journalism experience at all, I had a weekly column in a really big newspaper, and I was really scared, and I couldn't say that to anybody. Do you know you get in a position and everybody already thinks you're where you're supposed to be, and you know what you're, you know, and you're like, fuck, now I can't ask for help. <laughs> what year is this? Oh, <laughs> a while ago. No doubt. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't trying to tell these children how old I am. Fair enough. Anyway, um, I think it back. So I, I get this job, and, and um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things, uh, grounding things, I don't know. So it's like, they like your writing, but all the stuff that you should know, the structural things and the technical things and the where do you go for this, and I, I don't know, because they're just like, oh, you're writing, oh, here, here's a job, right? So I find myself a lot in situations where I go, I'm so lost and everybody's already saying, you know. So I would I would write a story and I would know where I wanted it to end up. Just the same way you know how you want a poem to end. And I would write the story and I would go, well, she didn't really say that, but it would be such a good ending. So I'm gonna put it in this one time. I will never do it again. And then I get praised for the very thing I put in. So I did it again, again, and I got caught. So I had this really public, humiliating firing from a really big newspaper, um, which, which is really funny, Vassar. I've never really said that to, in this kind of forum. Uh, I mean, people know, but I just don't. But that, in terms of something being impactful, the way I look at it is I was always supposed to be a poet. That's what was in my writing that intrigued them and made them want to, you know. And um, it was like, 
and I'm gonna say God, but you know, this is the same. Look, this is not what I'm telling. What? Okay, whatever. Here, <laughs> you know, and the landscape was just burned flat, and mm -hmm. it, you know, it was burned flat. There's only a, one other choice. There's nothing left. That right. So the funny thing was, there was a national. We have these big national poetry slams. So I got fired in 1998. And uh, a little bit after that, there was a slam in Austin, Texas. And people were getting in touch with me. Because no, I shut down. I didn't, I didn't get in touch with anybody. I stayed in my house. I didn't answer any calls. I didn't email letters, nothing. And, uh, and I won't tell you about the suicide thing. That's another whole story. But, um, they, they were like, come to the slam. This is how I knew, this is, this is when I knew where my community was. People who I thought, you know, who were just like, oh, we love you, love you, love you. The minute you're in some sort of trauma, they turn their back, so, and they, all they care about is, I just want to make sure that people know I didn't have anything to do with this. Yes. That was it. So the poets were like, bitch, where are you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, Nothing, nothing. So I, I get this, uh, these letters from these people in Austin, the, the Austin community, like, you gotta come to SLAM. Come on, come on, come on. I was like, wasn't answering. And finally, I get this card, and it's the whole Austin Poetry Slam. And they're virtually naked. And the thing, you know, the guys have got their pants that zip down to like halfway, and they're like, eh. And the women, the breasts are like, ah, you know. And I had to laugh, I opened the card, you know. And they were just like, really, what else can we do? <laughs> you, you, you need to, you need to like come here. And so I, I, I went to the slam and um, it was, and there's always people who are like, mm-hmm, whatever, you, you know. And you know who they are right away. But the people who just said, not even that we understand, or you know, some of them said, well, we're attempting to understand, or, you know, but we realized that you need space, that you need space. We'll be quiet if you want us to, we'll be noisy if you want us to, we'll give you water, we'll give you alcohol, we'll get whatever you need, you know, and this is like a no judgment zone. Um, which is why there are people in the poetry community that I, I will turn to before I'll turn to members of my own family. If I had not had that, and I am not being dramatic, if that community had not been there, I would be dead. And I don't mean emotionally, psychologically dead, I would be out, because I had it all planned, all planned. There are people who said, said to me, people in the journalism community who said to me, well, what are you gonna do now that you can't write anymore? As if that was the only kind of writing that there was. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just went, what am I gonna do? That's all I love, that's all I wanna do. You know, um, where else can I go? And I still had in the head of my, in my mind that poetry wasn't the thing, mm -hmm. that it was something I did outside of, because it's your job and this thing you do you know, and I didn't know that all signs were pointing toward, bitch, this is your thing right here. Get over there. What else do I, this is God again, what else do I have to do? Huh. You know, what else, get, you know. And, and it, it was a gradual thing. It wasn't, you know, there was a lot of humiliation. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of, you know, but the building up that happened, happened because that community was there. And I can't figure, I, I can't, I can't give enough, I, I don't feel like I can give enough back to the community. Mm. I keep trying, I keep, you know. Uh, and there were people who weren't on th there when this happened. You know, I'm talking about, again, Danny Solis and people like that, that's, what, that's who was there. But other people come up is like, I know if the exact same thing had happened now, 
that these guys would be there. And, and uh, well, no question asked, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's so many people who don't have anything like that. No place to go, no place to fall. So that's, um, that's, what, the, that's what the poetry community has done. So when I'm telling people how powerful it is, I'm not talking just about the poems themselves. I'm talking about people who have parallel passions and, and how uh, it's really trendy to say, oh, my poetry community, my poetry family, but that's no fucking joke. It's not a, it's never been a joke. Mm -hmm. I feel like, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> we both know that. I mean, that was incredible. Yeah. Uh, but I also feel like that's such an important story to share in a world in particular now where people, you know, like we see people deal with public shame for any number of things and I feel like those stories don't get shared. Yeah. Uh, and so when it's, when it's one person's turn, they do it in quiet and they do it in silence and then they're found on the other side. And so there aren't a lot of guidebooks to somebody, yeah. you know? That's such an important answer. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. No. It's um. It reminds me so much of um earlier this fall, and this is also something I don't do talking about. And thank you, thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Um. Yeah, thank you. But earlier I was um in a mental hospital for a while, and I was like really depressed, really suicidal, not in any kind of place you could call good. And when you're there, you know, they take away your phone, they take away all your stuff, they put it, you know, in the locker, and you just, you just there, just you. And there's one payphone, so people can call you. And I remember one day, uh, the phone started ringing. Anybody answered, and they said to answer like hello. They can't say like where it is or any name. Um, but I got a call from Kamon Felix. And I was like how did you find me? <laughs> She's like, bitch, I love you, I found you. <laughs> and then after that, who's in New York? I'm in LA, who's in yeah. New York living her life, you know? And then right after, Safiel Hill calls me, and she, I'm like, how did you find me? She's like, I found you. Jose Olivares calls me, and Jason Smith calls me, and I'm just like, what is this payphone? Like, this pay, like what is good? It's magic. It was, and I, I literally was like, how, how, why for for me and they were just like yeah and we're probably gonna do it again tomorrow you know as long as you're there mm -hmm. and i it there is nothing like that there there is nothing like that it's um and they were just joyful mm -hmm. i don't know I, I i just think about that a lot it's just like i felt so yeah. so gross and unworthy and it was like that payphone and y'all, everything. Yeah, I likewise remember my first job in New York, uh, I got hired, it was like a very grown up position. I had benefits, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had a salary and it went really bad, really fast and I got, I got fired. I didn't even make it a year in. Uh, and I, I remember the same thing. I remember like, you know, I would go and I would, meet with poets and they'd be like, oh word, like damn, that's fucked up. Like we gotta we gotta like get you back on your feet. And like the people that would like send me gigs and job opportunities and were like checking in with me and hanging out with me, getting coffee, like whatever I needed, you know what I'm saying? Like were the were the fucking poets <laughs> who like wouldn't leave me alone. They were like you okay? Like you good? Yeah. You need to like borrow some like straight up like my my one homeboy who I love like paid my rent one month because like I I, could, I was unemployed still and could not make it and he was there like when I could not be you know what I'm saying and that, I I think about that because I think about how in especially now with artists all you see is the glamour shots you know what I mean like you see the headshots you see the book covers you see the book releases you see the events you see all of this and you don't see the moments where like it could be very bad, but we're like there with each other, you know what I'm saying? Whoever is your community is there with you. And I like would not have survived that year in 2013 when like my job fell apart and my personal relationship fell apart and 
everything fell apart and I was in a brand new city. And, and like that was like when I met Aziz, yeah. it was like towards that time and how much people love me for no reason. You know what I mean? Other than that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Other than like other other than I don't know, I don't really have no answers other than like somehow like that shit pulled me through, you know what I'm saying? I, rem- I remember like being <laughs> I'm like gonna start crying, but I remember like being broke and like like being like on one hand I have more time than I've ever had, and on another hand like I'm more stressed than I've ever been, and like John being like, "Yo, you want to like co-teach this class? It's a hundred dollars." I was like, "Where? A <laughs> hundred dollars? Hell yeah, let's go!" And there was like no reason for that kindness, you know what I mean? I mean, on one side, it feels, I'm sure that that feeling is real, but on the other side, it's like, you know, we got to have you teach a class. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I think that that's an important thing to remember in terms of the emotional state of kindness. It's like, oh my God, I'm in my time of need, and and, and one can forget that they have worth, and people are reaching out for that worth. You know, they're reaching out for you too, but they're also like... Hey, I want you in my life because it is also rewarding for me, you know? Like, so that was a time where I, I think on our side, you know, I have like a community where I teach uh, in every week. And so I was like, man, it would be great if they got to see you, you know? But I think in those moments, you forget that you are a person who has something to provide, you know? Like, that you actually have gifts that other people don't have. And then you, like, very immediately did that for both of us. Like, I remember I quit this job I hated. I hated so much. And now I, in hindsight, loved how much I was able to hate this place. (laughs) Like, it's a very um, joyful feeling to be like, wow, without any caveat or other thought, I've thought about it from all the... No, I just hate it. And and I quit. I was like, I got it. Everyone here is, like, wild, nihilistic. And the only joy is, like, with the students who are fucking incredible, but there are some days where they were just like, I don't believe in anything, and I was like, I can't be the only one, I just can't do this thing right now, and I quit, and the next day, the next morning, I get an email from Jose that was like, do you want to teach with me and John at this program that we're building together in Lincoln Center, and I was like, okay, so there's, it just, you I, I, I don't know. I'll never forget that call my mother. I was like, Ma, I'm not gonna be out here stressed. Like, I think I'll be, I think I'll be really okay. Like, freakishly okay. All right. So I think that I'll be taking you on the full poetry guy's journey. We usually go longer than we planned. Uh, I feel like one tradition that we do have with our podcast that is valuable is that we always ask our guests to close us out with the poem. I know that you already heard, but Patricia, do you got one more poem for the people to close us out, and then we're going to play our song for the people? Oh, that's a song. Wait, we got to mention, wait, you have a new book that people have to buy. Yes. Can you tell people where to find, I'm sure they can just type it into Google and get it. Yeah, it's called Incendiary Art. It came out maybe a couple of weeks ago. What so press? Northwestern University. This would be the cover, Jones. except I have like a picture of myself on it. This is not the cover, this part. <laughs> but uh, this was, uh, wait, who did this? It wasn't Urban Word. Urban, Urban Word. Word. Urban Word made these nice little stickers of, isn't it amazing? They made stickers of like Erica Badu and Chance the Rapper and me. Yes. <laughs> so the only reason this is on here is because when I start getting books at home, I have to know which one is my reading copy or I'll mess up like 12 books. Mm. You guys know that, right? Yes. Right. So that's why this is on here. But this is what the cover kind of looks like at this, this point. Um, that same sticker is on my notebook. <laughs> Every time I sit to write, I see your face. And do you tell people, like, this is my woman? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe to close out before, we, uh, I feel like we didn't, uh, we missed our opportunity because we were doing something different. Uh, I liked the intimacy that preceded Patricia's other reading, but maybe for this one, can we put our hands together and make some noise for yeah, one of the are. greatest uh, living writers, one of the greatest writers of all time, someone Woo! who literally, uh, uh, your favorite poets wouldn't 
be your favorite poets without her. I feel like yes. your work is so impactful to so many people who influence so many people that if you're looking at a family tree of poetry, people are, are totally transformed who have never even heard of you. You know, because of the people who have heard of you and the, and the way in which you've stretched out, I really don't think there's any. I, I actually was like, I don't think I don't think you have a peer in terms of like Mount Rushmore <laughs> of poetry. Really, I, I, this sounds like hyperbole of what you say, but I, it's just like one of the most important people in all of American arts and letters. Please put your hands together for Patricia Smith. siphoned from grocery store grapes, because matrons squinted at the dim, crackling pages of hymnals, because we obediently warbled exactly what we found there, because spurting prompt hallelujahs was serious business, because my mother's gilded tooth flashed when she banged, because on Sundays we presented God with several options. Because Reverend Thomas's sick ankles were stiff and blue with fluid because he's, his fat truths were mangled by bad tooth and spittle because he made 72 years move like some golden engine. Because Tony, the choir director, was, how you say it, a sissy. Because that old organ wailed like the eighth side of a back slap because the pocked wooden floor left language on our knees because the rafters grew slimy with wailing because well because judas a pimp in black light was smirking at jesus again because somebody definitely acted up and conjured mississippi because salt pork flailed in the skillet in the basement kitchen because lord knows we were all going to be crazy hungry because the holy ghost was dawdling in the men's room because he had scanned the crowd and wasn't crazy about his odds. Because the grandbabies of freed slaves shimmied in their seats because every upright elder in the front row blathered with fever because crosses, unblessed with bodies, were everywhere. Because every one of those wooden tees bellowed something out loud. Because just like last time, the fun word of the day was sacrifice. Because that sissy popped like a tear dripped on a red stove top. Because he flowed our whole upturned voice from his fingers. Because worshippers with straightened hair wept slivers of delta. Because we were a tangled mess of sanctified thighs and tongues because several instigators whispered, just let the ghost come in. Because Annie Pearl Smith's dazzled eyes got all the way wide. Because her numbed and hard-girdled waistline twisted in bliss. Because thick bodies hit the floor hard, squalling, convulsing, because prim ushers dug white-gloved fingers into her forearms. Because I had to gaze into the peppermint of my mother's wail. Because I questioned what soft, holy mind monster rides inside her because I had once again been spared the slick slight hand of the devious divinity because that twirling sissy and I loved wrong and were loved wrong because when Tony sniffed haughty at the thrashing collapsing congregation and whipped the choir in the direction of flame I felt the organs bright asking drip like fuel into the blood feeding my little hip so I struck the match Real quick, you know, just for posterity's sake, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, you can no. follow us at the Poetry Guys <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Um, you can also email us, email our email is email the poetry gods at gmail.com. You can follow Aziza Barnes. At Aziza Barnes. At Aziza Barnes. Yeah. You can follow John Sands. I am John Sands. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me. I have a new 
uh, at handle you do? I made it. I do. I didn't know this is. It's breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Wait, what? That's an exclusive. It's a uh, underscore Jose Olivares. Very easy. It's just my oh, name shit. with an underscore. Oh, you made that big announcement that it was just his name. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, oh, I wonder. Listen, hey, listen. Oh, I wonder what it is. <laughs> uh, you know, please stay in touch wherever you are. Yeah, if you're at home and you're an institution that wants us to come, I know we said a lot about not wanting to come, but the moral of that story is that we very love being here. Yeah, so you should reach out to us and bring us to your place of Facts. work or study. Yes. Okay. Bar mitzvah. It's happening. We'll here comes the song. I got, I'm going to play the song, but I need us to pretend that it's louder than it is. <laughs> we are... Making it work right here into Ooh. the microphone. Hold on, let me turn the volume up on my phone. I didn't All do us any favors before. Improvisation. Okay. You Ladies and gentlemen, Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we didn't get to do the oldies. We'll have to do that. Uh, we're gonna record in the after party. We're gonna record an oldies radio station exclusive. later and use it and put it out as a poetry gods extra. <laughs> Patricia Smith quizzed on the oldies. It's yeah. happening. Yes, Stay tuned go. for that. After here we go. Feel free to do your own ad libs.